great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode 19. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you doing there, Kevin? Doing pretty good. Today we're going to be discussing our thoughts on the highly anticipated Ridley Scott film Prometheus. We also have Ryan back with us to tell us about a movie we made him watch called Jack and Jill in honor of Adam Sandler in That's My Boy coming out this Friday. And finally, we'll be making our predictions for this week's opening films. And before we start talking about what we've been watching this week, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Kevin, on the new Kevin Smith show that's on Hulu called Spoilers. I'm not sure if you... I forgot to watch that. I wanted to watch one of them because I knew you wanted to talk about it. What I want to really ask you more more than what you thought of the show was just the concept of it. So basically, Kevin Smith is taking a group of 50 random people to a screening of a film and then he has this sort of open forum thing where they can give their comments and they can discuss the film and i think like one of the taglines or whatever is that we don't review films we revere them and kevin smith is kind of he's always been kind of outspoken against critics he doesn't like critics and this is kind of his anti-review show and I was just trying to see what your thoughts were on that. Do we care about what normal people think? Is it a good idea? I mean, to a point, for me, when it comes to like normal people, like my my friends and stuff, like you or other other friends that watch movies, number one, I only listen to people that watch a good amount of movies. You know what I mean? If there's someone that only goes and sees like four movies a year, I'm not going to listen to them. Yeah. Whether they tell me they like a movie or not. <clears throat> and then also, I really only listen to people that watch sort of the same movies as me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Because usually it's close enough. Like if I talk to you and you tell me you like a movie, there's a good chance that I'm going to like it. Yeah. About, you know, 80, 85% chance Yep. that I'm going to have the same reaction. But... Just like random people off the streets, no, does, does he like screen these people first, or does he just no? It's just at, at random. It's random people. Mm. It's like all it's all sorts of people. It's all different types of people, and then he just kind of gets their thoughts on it. And I watched the first episode. I'm not sure if any other ones are out, but they screened Snow White and got some thoughts on it. And every now and then, Kevin Smith will throw in a couple things here and there but he he's kind of seems to stay impartial about it like if somebody stands up and has like a criticism he'll kind of just like be like yeah you know i could see that and then like if some because it seems like most of the episodes are going to be all ends of the spectrum some people are going to love it some people are going to hate it and that that's at least how the first episode was and i can kind of foresee that that's going to be the way it is for the entire show yeah, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I wasn't very entertained. He he doesn't just do that. Like that's the main thing. But then he also has a, a star, like a celebrity, that he in, does like an interview with. This first episode was Carrie Fisher, 
and he just does a little interview with them. And then he does this thing called the Criterion Lounge where he goes over a Criterion Collection movie and talks about it and gives his recommendation on that. Oh, but he doesn't criticize it. He gives a recommendation. Right. It's the same damn thing. Yeah, he does, he, does, he just kind of picks one, I don't know if it's at random or just one that he personally likes a lot, and just talks about it a little bit. The first one he did was actually the Jim Jarmusch movie Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Stranger, Paradise? Stranger Than, yeah. Stranger That's Than Fiction. That's the Will Ferrell great, one. Great movie. I wanted to say uh, down by law, and that's why I stumbled. <laughs> <laughs> did did he recommend Stranger Stranger Than Paradise? Yeah, yeah, that was his. You're you're damn right, he did. <laughs> that was better. like his first big recommendation. So, I don't know. I mean, I might, I probably won't stick with it. But what did, so, what was the first movie you said? It was Snow White. Yeah. Now, was it Snow White and the Huntsman? Yeah, or? Snow White and the Huntsman. Okay. Yeah, it, it's going to be all the summer movies, all the big summer movies. So uh, Prometheus, okay. I think, may, might be the next one. Okay. Now, <laughs> what I would like to see is, because essentially this is just like internet message boards, but right. on film. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I hope they get like trolls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were there were a couple people in in the the audience that he talked to that really hated it that like and it, it seemed like they were the ones that had the most constructive things to say about it like their thoughts pretty much mirrored mine and yeah. that's how i know that they're right <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's yeah. it's it's cool it's a cool idea a, i it think it is a, it but i think it the only problem with those types of shows where you have different people on every time it's all it could always be hit or miss mm-hmm. i mean you might get some good people that really have good things to say and are entertaining and stuff but then you know they could screen one movie and no one has anything good to say and, and that's i mean nothing entertaining or anything that's one of the reasons i didn't particularly like it was that i'm watching it and i'm like okay well i don't really care about what these people think And I know that that's kind of the whole statement is like, why do you care what critics think when you should be more interested in what the masses think? But I don't know. I mean, I don't particularly care what critics think about movies either. And I do fancy myself as a critic as well. So I do not. But (laughs) there's some critics that I I always read Ebert. And Ebert's usually close to what I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know how I think of, of a movie. And I think he's the only one that really uh, reviews movies correctly. He's one he, of the few. He, yeah, like he gives, you know, you can look and see that he gives a crappy, like romantic comedy three stars. And you're like, what? That looks like utter trash. But he's doing it on the basis of if you like romantic comedies, in the romantic comedy genre, this is like a three out of five or whatever mm-hmm. i think or no he does four stars i think yeah and it also goes along with these um score aggregates like rotten tomatoes and metacritic i mean more and more people are just looking at that score and not yeah. even reading why this movie got that score and i think that that's that's not good i like the fact that there are those aggregate systems out there that do like an overall score but 
I still think that people should, if they, if they're interested to know what, what people think about a movie, they should be reading the actual reviews rather than just looking at a score. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, what was the first movie you saw this week? First movie I saw this week was called Distant. Distant. It's a Turkish movie from 2002 by the director is Nuri. Nuri? Here we go. Here we go. Nuri Bilger Jalen. There you go. I think. It's close. Probably not doing that correctly, but it's close enough. What'd you think? Uh, it was really good. Really slow, of course. Um, beautiful cinematography. Just amazing. This is the guy that directed uh, the movie that came out last year, uh, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. I never saw that. I haven't seen it yet either, but I just remember, you know, when it was playing the festivals and stuff, it was making a lot of noise and the trailer for it. I mean, that movie looks beautiful. So this was playing on uh, Netflix play instantly. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check him out, see a couple of his other movies before I get a chance to see the new one. Um, not much happens at all. So it's definitely your typical slow burn foreign movie Hmm. but just really good cinematography Hmm. and turkey looks amazing (laughs) might have to give this a watch but yeah just know that you're in for pretty much nothing happening i can usually handle that yeah well it's it's basically this guy lives in istanbul he's a uh, professional photographer and his nephew comes to stay with him because he's trying to get a job on a like a like a freighter ship or anything like that so he's just staying with him and of course what usually happens with people coming to stay with you they don't end up doing anything and he doesn't leave and they just sort of don't get along hmm. but it's you know open-ended ending to the movie just not much happens. Cool. That's so. Doesn't sound like. <laughs> doesn't really sound like a glowing recommendation, actually. No, I mean, I I enjoyed it. You know the images and stuff, but I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna check out more. Like, I mean, this is one of his first movies, so he definitely has talent. I just want to see if he like adds anything to his stories later on gotcha you know the other the other films that he does so i will know in a little bit here after i watch a couple more cool what else you got i finally watched pariah and i also watched this after you told me that you watched it i thought that i should do that as well so i gave it a what watch did you th- what did you think of pariah i liked it yes Here, here's the thing like i didn't love it and okay. it was really good but it was just kind of, I just felt like I've seen the movie before. Mm. I just felt like I saw it before. Uh, it was very well acted. I really enjoyed the characters of the parents. I thought that they did a mm-hmm. really, really good job. And um, the it was just a really good 
looking movie. And it was, even though I do say that it was something that we've seen before as far as subject matter, to have it be uh, an African-American girl, that was something that I haven't seen before. And mm-hmm. the, the kind of unique <laughs> struggles that she has dealing with her sexuality. Uh, but it was it was very enjoyable. It wasn't... I didn't find it to be as heavy as some movies that have this similar subject matter. Yeah. It was heavy, but I just didn't, I didn't think it was, it was not uh, Boys Don't Cry. No, it was, that's what I liked about it. It didn't seem heavy handed. It didn't seem like they're just trying to shove it down your face or shove it down your throat the entire time. Right. There was no like shocking moments or anything like that that happened and it was almost inspirational by the end mm-hmm. but and i think it, a really good performance by kim wayans mm-hmm. which is you know seeing the movie like how did she not get nominated for anything i don't know and i was surprised at first because i was like she, she looks really familiar who the hell is that and i'm like kim wayans oh my god she used she used to for me, it was like the most annoying person on <laughs> in living color. She was the most annoying person in the world. Yep. But she was fantastic in this movie, though. Yeah, she was very, very good. Very good. And I liked the, the character of the father a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Charles Parnell. Yes. He was, he would, he did a fantastic job and, I, I do like these kinds of movies, you know, like uh, family dramas. Yeah. I just, I thought they did it in a very mature way. And like I said before, it wasn't heavy handed. Yep. Which is that most of those movies tend to be after, you know, like halfway through, you're like, oh, I, I get it. I get it. It's tough. Mm hmm. But it, it dial it back a little bit. But this movie, that I didn't, I didn't feel that. It seemed like. You know the the char- the main character. Uh, it seemed like she didn't have it nearly as bad as her friend. Yeah, I, I thought that her friend Laura had it a lot worse than she did. Very solid movie. Definitely recommend that one. Definitely. Yes. Uh, anything else other than Prometheus? Um, Declaration of War. It's pretty good. There's nothing spectacular special it's just sort of uh to me it was sort of standard fare through proto- prototypical french movie it looked interesting have, yeah i mean they add a little bit of uh i don't want to say quirkiness because i fucking hate that word <laughs> that's the that's uh, the it word this year i know oh my god quirkiness. that's why i don't and it's like invaded my brain that i can't think of another word besides that charm but that's another yeah, one. Yeah, okay. That's another it word. It's a charming yeah. film. Yeah, they definitely try and do little charming things with the narrators and the <clears throat> your standard uh, the French close-up where they zoom in. Mm-hmm. Or when the phone rings, they zoom in on the phone. All that stuff. You know, the music and everything. But I, I just, I didn't feels though there was anything that separated it from any other movie. So there's nothing special about it. Just to recap, Declaration of War, this is a French film. It's about 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not like reading this. It's about a couple and they have a son. Is it a son? Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. does does the son have cancer? The son yeah, they they realize that he's he's having a lot of developmental problems. He's not walking. He's always tilting his head and all this stuff, so they go and they find out, you know, they're gonna do a scan and they find out he has a brain tumor. And it's on his brain stem. So they do you know, they go from there and they do surgery and stuff and they find out that it's a malignant tumor and it's more about the the young couple like deciding the declaration of war is they're deciding to declare war on illness and sadness and all that stuff and they're trying to be uplifting and staying positive. <laughs> you know. It's it was a good movie but like I said, it's nothing special. Like like you said about uh, Pariah, that I feel as though I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Well, uh, the first movie that I saw this week was American Animal. And you can watch Declaration of War on Play Instant, right? You just said that? Yeah. 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 Um, American Animal is also on demand and on DVD. This is written and directed by Matt D'Elia. And it stars him as well. And it also stars Brendan Fletcher. And it's kind of... It's kind of a weird movie. It's kind of quirky. (laughs) Yes. It's not very charming, but it is quirky. (laughs) You should use the word uh, quirky for everything. Yeah, that's that's the word of the day is quirky. This is about a guy who is dying of a terminal illness. Now they don't say in the movie what the illness is, but he is dying of a terminal illness and his descent into madness as a result of this, he wakes up one day and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I want and act however I want. And I'm going to ignore the fact that I'm dying and I'm just going to live my life to the fullest. Uh, in his circumstance, in his situation, I guess his version of living life to the fullest is staying in his apartment all day and dressing up in costumes and <laughs> being weird. And mm. it's a very, very pretentious film, overly pretentious, but I think that it's supposed to be that way. It has a Todd Solon's feel to it where there are some, uh, I don't know if I would say shocking moments, but sort of graphic moments to it. And I don't know if this was intentional, if it was a stylistic choice or what, but the version of the film that I saw, which I rented on iTunes, was censored. Now, I don't know if the DVD is uncensored or what, but there were several scenes that were actually blurred out in the movie, so... (laughs) I haven't. I'm gonna look it up and see if that was something that was in the original version, or if they had to do that to get like an R rating or what. But yeah, it was an interesting watch. A little long-winded, I guess you could say. There's a lot of. I mean, the entire movie takes place in this apartment, and it's entirely dialogue-driven. It's just nothing but 
interaction between these two roommates and then their two friends that they have come over. Yeah. A lot of uh, like monologues by Matt D'Elia. His character's name was Jimmy. And it was it was okay. Um I could I would probably only recommend it for somebody that's like really into movies and art and that type of thing. I see the poster says the best art film ever. I would like to know. I can't read who who said it though. Oh wait, screen junkies. I don't agree that it's an art film. It's a film about art, I would say. It's as I said before, it's very pretentious, but I think that they wanted it to be really pretentious. I hope that they did. But oh, I'm sure they at did. the same time, it's like, I don't care about these guys. These, these guys, they're like probably our age, mid twenties, late twenties, maybe even early thirties. They, neither of them have a job and that's a kind of a plot point. One of them gets a job and the roommate gets a job and Jimmy doesn't like it. They have, they live in this amazing. <laughs> they always do. They always do. Amazing apartment. In, I love that. I think they live any, in LA. Yeah, like any show or movie where, the, it, where it deals with, you know, people in their late 20s, early 30s that don't have jobs, they always live in like the greatest place ever. Yeah, they live in this where they, or, amazing... Where they have a ridiculously shitty job, but they, li- they still have the greatest apartment ever. Yeah, they live in this amazing apartment. But see, the thing is, they're both, they both come from um, wealthy families, very, very wealthy <laughs> yeah. families. So as a result, neither of them ever have to work a day mm-hmm. in their lives. And so did you see this movie as more of like, was he actually trying to like comment? Like, make a comment on that? Was it being called American Animal? Yeah. They, I mean, they touch on it. Okay. I, I feel like if it, it wasn't a comment on that, they wouldn't have mentioned the fact that they come from wealthy families and they don't have to work. Like, it, it the character of Jimmy is, he, he he's always in this, like, kind of high and mighty um mindset where he feels like he has the world figured out like he has everything figured Mm. out he knows everything he is he he thinks of himself as being an evolved human being like he's evolved Mm. past what we are (laughs) and that i think that that just kind of i think they they're commenting on that because it's like how can you be how can you be all-knowing when all you do all day is sit around in your apartment and do nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's plenty of time to think, apparently. I would like you to see it, just so you can... Just so I can figure out what how you feel about it. Yeah, I have a feeling that... From, you know, hearing your thoughts on it, that I would hate this movie. I don't think you would like it, no. <laughs> I don't think you would. I tried to like it. There were there were funny parts. I mean, it was a comedy. It was just a dark comedy. Yeah. I also saw Take This Waltz. Ooh, that's right. Didn't like it. Did not like it. Take This Waltz, huh? Also felt somewhat pretentious to me. Ooh. There were there were moments. There were moments that I enjoyed. 
good performances all around by Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Sarah Silverman, and uh, Luke Kirby. But I just didn't really, I didn't really get the point of the movie. It's about this. Uh, m- it, the main character is Michelle Williams, and she's on a trip. She meets Luke Kirby's character. His name's Daniel, and they have this little conversation stuff like they sit next to each other on the plane and when she's wherever she is on her trip uh she sees him there too and then like they share a cab back to her her house and it turns out that he lives right across the street so it's like this Mm -hmm. sort of oh it's like all these crazy coincidences and and things like that and she starts to develop feelings for him he develops feelings for her but the problem is she's married to seth rogan Mm. And it turns into this love triangle thing where she's trying to not cheat on her husband, but ultimately we know what happens, where you can probably surmise. Yeah. And Sarah Silverman it plays an alcoholic in it. I will also say this. There is a scene that has Michelle Williams and Sarah Silverman full frontal. So, for those of you that are attracted to Michelle Williams and Sarah Silverman, full frontal. Uh, I love that that's like a selling point to some people. And I think it would be a selling point to Ryan. From, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's funny to me. They'll be like, oh, full frontal for what, like two seconds? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll spend 116 minutes waiting for that. <laughs> it's actually a pretty big scene. It's a scene with them showering in a gym. And mm. it's actually a really funny scene. There were some parts that made me laugh, but overall, I didn't really like it too much. We reviewed it on the site, gave it a six and a half. Okay. Good, not great. It's, it's pretty much what it looked like. Yeah, good, not great. You won't, you won't really get anything out of it. And it, yeah. it was entirely too long, too. It just plotted on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I got. I watched a little movie called Prometheus. I don't know if you want to talk about that or not. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's do some Ryan Watches a Movie first, shall we? We shall. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and tell us what he thought. Oh, no. The little kids got naked and had lots of sex. Magi. Crawl. Watching <laughs> the Grumian. Don't even waste your time. Welcome back, Ryan. What do we have you watched this week? Jack and Jill. <laughs> Jack, 2011's Jack and Jill. This is in honor of, uh, that's my boy. I almost forgot the name of it. That's my boy with Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg coming out this Friday. Uh, Jack and Jill got a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. And let me go ahead and read the official synopsis on imdb family guy jack sadelstein prepares for the annual event he dreads the thanksgiving visit of his twin sister the needy and passive aggressive jill who refuses to leave the tagline of this film (laughs) his twin sister is coming for the holidays and it ain't pretty i don't even know what that means (laughs) Is is that really a tagline that's what it says on the wow. poster. I mean, wow. 
I'm not really sure yeah, what that means. Pretty awful. <laughs> the film's directed by Dennis Dugan, who you may remember us talking about from our Problem Child episode. <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and play the Jack and Jill trailer before we get your uh, thoughts, Ryan. In every family, there's one person who drives you a little crazy. I gotta pick Jill up at four in the morning. She comes once a year and she's leaving on Sunday. But during the holidays... Jack, no fighting this year. There's no escaping it when it's your sister. How we doing? Your twin sister. Are you going bald? Huh? No, 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 you're getting fatter and your hair doesn't realize it needs to cover more face. Okay. From the producers of Just Go With It and Grown Ups. You and Jill are so alike. We are nothing alike, I promise you. <laughs> she isn't subtle. Jill, this is Otto. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you! He's homeless, right? Are you whispering with a bullhorn or something? Everybody hears you. She isn't shy. I put a little list together of things I want to do before I leave. Studio tour, beach, horseback riding. Let's go! Oh, oh my God! Maybe I should stay out through Hanukkah. And she isn't leaving. She's forwarding her mail to us now! What's this about a twin? Oh, Jackie has a twin sister. Identical or fraternal? Uh, nocturnal, like a bat. <laughs> this fall. Seriously, honey? Can't you try a little harder? She's your sister. Guess who is taking you to the Lakers game? Finally, okay, some I think I've time. had enough of that. Yes, please. That was um, the most boring trail I've ever heard. Before I continue, I wanted to mention two things. One, for those of you that don't know, uh, this is starring Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler as his twin Whoa, sister. What? So that's and, yeah, that's the big the thing. In the trailer, it says everyone has someone in their family drives them a little crazy. Adam Sandler as a woman makes me want to kill myself and everyone else. The other thing I wanted to mention was what I do a lot of times as I'm trying to fall asleep at night is that I'll put on really terrible movies to fall asleep to. So, like, I put on Smurfs one night, and I actually put this on one night. So, full disclosure, I did see maybe half to three quarters of this movie. So, so this is this made you fall asleep? This Yes, essentially. This is was sort of your nightlight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm surprised that even put you to sleep at all. I wouldn't be able to sleep with an annoying bitch talking all the Whoa. Wow. When Whoa. An annoying bitch I'm talking about that, I'm saying like. Whoa. Okay, why don't you tell us about the movie, Ryan? Please. It, it was terrible. Ah. Uh-huh. Absolutely terrible. It's one of the worst movies I ever saw. I'm so happy. (laughs) What, I mean, there's, there's nothing. This movie is f***ing stupid. There's no, like, tight plot points. There's no, like, continuing, well, there's a slim amount of continuing storyline. But whenever you watch this, it feels like Adam Sandler just said, Oh, I know how we can fix this. We can do this or... You know what I mean? It's a, it, it was like he just thought of shit and put in the movie to fill holes. Like, nothing makes sense at all. 
And the, the funniest part about the trailer was the voiceover guy, and he's like, from the producers of Grown Ups, and just go with it. Like, that's going to drive people to theaters. Like, oh, yeah. I want to see it now. What? I have did to you, see it. Wait, did you say Grown Ups? Grown Ups. Just go and with it? And just go with it. Holy you have shit, to see, this has to be amazing. Yes. I just have to say, Ryan, that I'm very happy that you didn't like this movie. I was a little worried that you would like it, and this was going to be your highest rated movie, and I was all ready to just go f***ing ape shit on you. But I don't, <laughs> oh, have, no. to, I don't have to do that now, and I'm very happy. It, it kind of reminds me of if anyone has seen Strange Wilderness. Like, that movie also did not make a lick of sense. And it just felt like it was thrown together. And they did whatever they had to do to keep the story going. Okay. Uh, one thing that I will say, Strange Wilderness was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And even yeah. though Jack and, G- Jack and Jill is terrible. It's horrible. I hated every moment of it that I saw. But Strange Wilderness... The the end part alone, how they just like just said screw it, <laughs> they were just like, yeah, it. and then like that's that's sort of what happens there. Like they with Strange Wilderness, they just gave up. However, the the shark scene still makes me laugh when he's yeah. doing the the shark laugh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that still makes me laugh. Yeah. I but, can't wish you had that sound bite right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll plug it in there. I have to ask, because I keep seeing it everywhere. Apparently, Al Pacino plays himself. Yes. How, how, does, oh. how does Al Pacino He's horrible. do in Jack and Jill? Ryan? Um, I don't even... Adam, maybe you can answer this, but I don't even know why. Like, can I get his whole... Short line. Well, like it, it felt like again, Addison was like, Oh, I need a famous person, someone to throw Alpsina in there and have me obsessed with my sister who looks strangely like a man because Alpsina does that kind of shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just looking to get someone like that wouldn't normally fit in that role or whatever and somebody that would surprise you but they show well, in the trailer so I mean it's not like a he, big surprise he succeeded I guess I mean he was it was bad everything about it was bad that, that bird that bird's an asshole too Wait, that what? You know, do you know what I'm talking about that talking bird I don't remember. There's a talking bird that's an asshole? Shink, like, uh, the girl version of Venom Sandler. Okay. Carries this, like, pet bird around. And he mimics pretty much everything Adam Sandler says. And number one, it's in the way. It's shit. Number two... The CG is horrible. I could probably do better CG on my um, desktop computer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just realized that the ShamWow guy is in this movie. 
Yes. Uh, let's go over the cast list because we didn't really go over that. So we have we talked about Adam Sandler and Al Pacino. Katie Holmes is in it. She plays his wife. Uh, and then we also have little cameos and whatever by David Spade, Nick Schwartzen, Tim Meadows, Norm MacDonald. Dana Carvey is in it apparently, but I don't even remember him yeah, being in it. I don't, I don't man. They have a they have a that. It seems they spend a lot of money getting people to make cameos and not a lot of money making good movies. And that's exactly the case for all of Happy Madison's movies. Yeah, like I, pretty much every every Happy Madison movie, it's all ex SNL people from that era. Yeah, I read that this was Dana Carvey's like first movie in like nine years or something. Ugh, what a shame. Which I don't. What was that movie where uh, Dana Carvey played like the master of disguise, and he was like turtle? That was dude. It was called Master of Disguise. Was it? Yes. Was that nine years ago? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, Norm McDonald's Norm, Norm McDonald's character's name was Fun Bucket. <laughs> that was, I mean, there were some guest spots in here that were kind of funny. Like Shaq, he was in it real quick, but it is pretty funny. But overall, it was terrible. And again, the guest, the get when the guest people are introduced. They are loosely, 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 for the most part, tied to this movie. And it feels like, once again, Adam Sandler said, one need famous cameos in this movie, so I'm going to put this part in the script. Like the part where uh, Jill is on, the hell's that show called? Price is Right? Oh yeah, Drew Carey, That's and right. knocks himself out on the wheel. I don't even know how that's possible. Oh my god, that sounds <laughs> hilarious, though. Oh, it, it is so oh, funny. Oh my god, that's I, I gotta ask you, Ryan, what did you think about his son, Gary? His name was Gary Sandelstein. Was he adopted, or did they did they uh, mention that? Actually, it's funny that you mention that because when I was taking notes on this, I was like halfway through, and I just put uh, ethnic kids" and a question mark, and like <laughs> five minutes later, <laughs> five minutes later, they briefly mentioned that. They're adopted. Oh, okay. Because uh, I was wondering that. Like, I don't remember if but I was like a still part. F***ing weird as shit. Like the little girl. Why does she have that goddamn doll that is dressed up like her? Uh, it's it's just a weird movie. And why does the kid tape salt shakers to his head? It just seems like Adam Sandler smoked. Entirely too much weed one day, and he read the script and it made him laugh, but he was so high that he didn't realize that it wouldn't make anyone else laugh, because it shouldn't make anyone else laugh, except for how ridiculous it is. 
And this movie was written by Adam Sandler, but it was also written by Steve Corin, who wrote A Thousand Words Ooh. and Evan Almighty. Holy shit. Strong and track record. <laughs> Click. Damn. But he was a writer for SNL. That was like his that big was, thing. So. Yeah, and that was probably during the shitty years. Uh, I think he was he was like during the Sandler years, the nineties. Uh. He was on. Uh, he he wrote from ninety one to ninety eight. So he actually looks like he wrote a bunch. Ryan, do you what? agree with the three percent? Do you think that's too high or too low? That seems about About right, man. I hate to talk shit on Adam Sandler. No, dude. Because do it. When I was little kid, well, not little, but like 10, 15 years ago, like Happy Elmore, Grandma's Boy, this kind of movies were the shit to be. Well, number one, there's like a 10 year difference between Happy Gilmore and Grandma's Boy. Yeah. He wasn't in Grandma's Boy, was he? No, but it wasn't mm-hmm. a pain medicine product. Yeah, but Probably still. But it, that doesn't really mean anything. I mean. Dick Swartzen's pretty funny in this movie. Is he? He's not. I didn't think so. I don't, I don't understand why people think he's funny. <laughs> I keep trying to like him, but I can't. The only character that I like him in is uh, from Reno 911. I think his name was like Terry or something in Reno 911. The the roller skating game. Oh my god, that was funny. This is just... To me, it looks like comedy for like... I don't know. Like prepubescent boys. Even. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's... That would be inaccurate. Because I don't even think that at that age I would have liked this stuff. I don't think so. I mean, we've seen movies like this before, similar movies. It never works. <laughs> the concept never works. Yeah. I actually just watched a movie called Nothing But Trouble. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this with uh, Chevy Chase, John Candy, and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, you goddamn right. Have you heard of this movie? And John Candy... John Candy plays uh, like one character, and he also plays like the sister of that character, similar to this. Hmm. But it's much better when John Candy does it. I mean, come on. John Candy. It also Damn feels it. like in most of this movie, it feels like Adam Sandler was like trying to show off the fact that he was two different characters because they showed. Both of them on screen constantly. Yeah, they really, really harped on the whole, like, movie magic of him being, oh. in, like, hugging and touching and stuff like that. So, to, to really make you feel like it's two different people. Oh, my God. It's two different people. One is reacting they, to the other one. Then the height difference was, like, to it. If that... It didn't work. I'll tell you, it really did work in uh, social network. In fact, yeah. I think it was just like last week, Ryan. Didn't you thought that they were two people, yeah. the Winklevoss yeah. twins? Yeah. <laughs> the Win, the, the Winklevoss. Winklevi. The yes. Winklevoss. This is the best. Yeah, they did a great job with that. Yeah, that looked fantastic. But 
with Adam Sandler movies, they're all the same. Every movie, it's it's just turning into the exact same movie. Like there'll be some kind of a weird hook to it that makes it that supposedly makes it different. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's it's oh, always it has the same tone to it, and it's funny because like it it starts off bad. So like you have movies like I think maybe starting with probably Spanglish. From that point on, it, it was just like downhill. Yeah. Even there were some other ones in there too, probably before that. But I'd say from Spanglish on, hit, they like all his movies kind of devolved into just these plotless yeah, shells awful. where it's just nothing but jokes. Ooh. And like, we, we need some more. Sandler, we need some more. I am going to. I I found out the three people that gave this a fresh on Rotten Tomatoes to ruin its zero percent. Oh, which here we I, go. I remember when this movie came out, I was so excited that it was maintaining its zero percent, and I got so pissed off when it jumped up to a three percent. Number one, Jackie K. Cooper. You're an idiot. Michael A. Smith, you're a f***ing idiot. And John Hazelton, you're an idiot. <laughs> f- ridiculous. Jack and Jill's a good movie. Give me a break. Uh, I think this goes back to the credibility of Rotten Tomatoes as well. Because, you know, if you read these these guys' reviews, they might not be glowing reviews no i mean jackie cooper's is a six out of ten which is a certified fresh right yeah that at most i would say like four at the very very best case scenario if you give it a if you if you give it a four i will smack you in the face tomorrow no i'm glad okay I'm gonna hug you tomorrow, though. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like Michael A. Smith gave it a three out of five, mm-hmm. which that yeah, I mean, it sounds like these guys gave it like a mediocre middle middle ground score. Yeah, but that's the thing that sucks about Rotten Tomatoes: it's either fresh or it's rotten. Yeah. It's either one or the other. There's no gray area. There's no man- there's no Manila folder score. <laughs> yeah, there's no happy medium there. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we give you your drum roll, Ryan? <laughs> what is that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, that's how I feel about this movie. <laughs> it's not even worth the f***ing English language coming out of my mouth. Yes. I like it. Okay. Let me uh, go ahead and give you your drum roll. What did you give... Jack and Jill. One. What? One. One. You just, there we go. One. There it is. One. <laughs> I, I just want to do like a Tim and Eric type deal where we just go one and we just keep hitting the symbol. <laughs> one, hit the symbol. <laughs> one, hit the symbol. And just go on for like three minutes. You can do this. But... You got a little situation here. <laughs> Little Vincent Gallo action, huh? Little Vincent Gallo. I drive cars that shift themselves. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a one out of ten for Jack and Jill. Oh. Thank you for watching that with us, Ryan. If you want to pick up your own copy of Jack and Jill, which I know you do on Blu-ray, totally. you can get that. Just head on over to the site of filmpulse.net, click on Ryan Watches a Movie, and the links will be there. Adam, I just want to point out that it's going to be your fault when I blow my brains out. <laughs> Whoa, thanks for watching all these awful movies. Kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, and we will see you next week. See you later. Let's talk about some Amazon deals. To get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net and either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or click on the store link, check out some of our favorites and what we've been talking about on the show. First up, we have Back to the Future Trilogy Blu-ray. $23.99. That's all of them. All of them on Blu-ray. There's uh, You should definitely check it out. There's some Father's Day deals happening right now. Oh. And there's oh. definitely some good I'm, stuff in there. By the way, I saw your dad when I went and saw Prometheus. Oh, was he at the movie? No, he was at, there's, I guess, a place called Sweet Frog. I don't know what that is. It's like an ice, ice cream place or something. He was sitting outside with Debbie eating ice cream. Oh. We were driving by. Cool. I'll have to tell him you saw him. We also have Rambo, the complete collector set on Blu-ray, $23.49. Are you serious? Yeah. I will admit, Rambo is a guilty pleasure of mine. I like all the Rambo movies, and this is is great. All of them on Blu-ray for $23.49. Yeah. And finally, we have Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Blu-ray, $9.99. So there you go. Pick some of those up. Pretty good deals right there. Let's talk about Prometheus. Oh, yeah. I'll start it off and I'll say I did really like the movie. You can read my review on filmpulse.net. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. And it's one that I, I was kind of fighting with myself to come up with a score for this. Because it's a movie you really got to think about and it's a movie that has to sit with you for a little bit before you kind of decide whether or not you liked it it wasn't the best science fiction movie of all time which is what i had hoped it would be but i still it had enough in it to make me want to recommend it Mm -hmm. for a watch no if i mean if you're into sci-fi you it's a must-see. You can you can definitely give it that title. Yeah. You know, if you like sci-fi movies, this is a must-see. I'd first like to mention the visuals. What did you think of the movie visually? Oh, the opening was just amazing. And the whole time I was doing the opening, I was like, oh, so this is like the sci-fi version of Tree of Life? <laughs> yeah, it is actually sort of that way. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know what I mean? They're sort of dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's just doing it in a very scientific manner. I to, I love the visuals. This yeah, I thought I want to know where they filmed that. It looked everything like on the ship, on the Prometheus, and everything. All the sets looked so good. I, I particularly liked 
all the stuff on the ship because it all kind of harkened back to the alien, the early alien movies. And I really liked that. The way that the suits looked, the way that everything kind of looked on the ship, I thought was incredible. I loved it. I loved that whole look. Oh, yeah. I mean, the just everything. All the visuals were fantastic. The, the set designs, the production quality, everything was amazing. Yeah. And what we'll do, um, before I forget, we won't talk about any spoilers. We'll have a section here at the end of our discussion, and we'll just do some spoilers. And I'll put it in the show notes, the time code, so you can avoid it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of spoilers. There's a lot of spoilers to discuss. There's just going to be tons. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wreck this movie for anyone that continues to listen. Let's talk about acting performances. I thought that Numi Rapace and Michael Fassbender were the breakouts of that movie. Correct. They did. And was this Numi's first? no american film no she was in sherlock holmes oh that's right yeah uh this i thought that they both did a fantastic phenomenal job and yeah i think i said in the review that it was interesting because they were by far the two strongest performances but their performances were polar opposites of each other Mm -hmm. you know numi rapace her character had to i mean she was the ellen ripley character she had to go through this intense emotional gauntlet throughout the entire movie. <clears throat> and Michael Fassbender, even in the most tense situations, he had to maintain this calm demeanor the entire time. Yeah. And I, cause he, he's, he doesn't know fear. Right. He's an Android because he's an Android. And I thought that they, and, but again, I thought that across the board, the performances were good. I like Idris Elba is one of my favorite up and coming actors. And I thought he did a good job. And one thing that I was really concerned about in the trailers was that in the trailers, they, they have a couple lines by him with the Southern accent. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking like, Oh no, like that's not going to be good. But in the movie itself, I thought that it was subtle enough that it, it didn't bother me yeah there's only a couple things that i was bothered by performance wise number one guy pierce i did i don't understand that at all why what why do you need guy pierce to, to play that character well you know i thought that too and then i thought maybe this is like because and we'll probably get into this more in spoilers, but I feel like that this movie is nothing but a setup. Oh, yeah. Th- no, it's is, a complete setup. I think uh, what he's... The only thing that this movie did was just raise a shit ton more questions. Yeah. It didn't answer anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh, that's going to be something that we'll get into. But as far as the Guy Pierce thing, uh, of what we've seen so far, the only thing that I can come up with is why he was that old man was because of the Ted talks viral video that they came out with when they had him as a young man. That's true. So I don't know if they're planning on coming out with, that's true. I don't know if they're going to like, have and him that was, be that back. was something that 
that was something that I did want to ask you about because I didn't really see those. And I felt as though, like, maybe I'm missing something because I didn't see those uh, their viral marketing campaign. Yeah, I would go back and watch them because they turned out to be more than just promotional videos. It actually was, I mean, it was almost like deleted scenes or something that they mm. that they put that in there to help build this whole mythos up even more. Yeah. yeah. So, but I again, I will agree that I did have some issue with a uh, guy piercing the old man suit. Yeah, which all the effects were amazing, but the old man makeup was awful. I didn't think it was awful, but I thought it was I thought it was, I thought it was typical. Ri- I like I thought it was ridiculous. I don't it think was- too much. I don't think any old man makeup looks good, honestly. No, like I no. even in like Benjamin Button and stuff, I still didn't I wasn't buying it. Yeah. Maybe she, maybe in Jay Edgar. But even that. Still. Yeah. And I also thought uh Charlize Theron was a little bit a wasted performance there. Yeah. I don't I don't think they really gave her much to work with. That was yeah, that was another thing that I was talking about. I saw it with my girlfriend and, and we talked about that a little bit. I didn't really understand her character. I thought that that it was a wasted performance. That she almost didn't need to be there no. because she was. I mean, I understand that they wanted to have a representative from the Whaling Corporation be on there. I mean, it's just like um, what they did in the second Alien with Paul Reiser, and yeah, she was. She was just kind of wasted. I mean, she did a good job, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if we can talk about anything as far as plot without spoiling it. Mm. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we go into our spoiler section? Yes. This is my main criticism of this film, which is it's no spoiler at all. The, the soundtrack, the score for this movie was god-awful. It was so terrible. And it really upset me. You know, I didn't. I didn't have too many issues with the score. Normally in movies, I don't. I don't notice the score unless it's something really, like really prominent. And I did notice the score in this movie, uh, but I heard, I heard people say that they actually used some of the. They like reworked some of the score from the first Alien movie. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but I might have to look into that. But I, I didn't have issue with the score. Oh, my God. I hated it. And I didn't even know because that was, that was like the first thing I said when my wife asked me what I thought of it. I was like, the, the music was awful. It was so cheesy. And it was that damn like inspirational orchestral music that I can't fucking stand. And... The, the reason that I was really upset by it was because this movie was, you could tell that it, the entire thing, it was going for atmosphere. And I thought that that just ruined the atmosphere of having that soundtrack. They did have it the <laughs> I do remember they did that a couple of times. Yeah, I was, <laughs> and whenever the music came on, I was just like, oh man. I'm just waiting for them to do like a cliched round up and huddle up everyone and give an inspiring speech, which thank God never happened. I did love the fact that the crew, just the whole crew, how 
they did it just like all the other alien movies where it was a very diverse crew like you had people that they they looked different they acted different they were they had different backgrounds different ethnicities i like that i I like it when movies do that with the crew yeah and i didn't think it was scary but i did think that it was very suspenseful i there was one scene in particular that i thought was really really suspenseful yeah there was just a couple crazy scenes and I thought that the, all the deaths were pretty <laughs> horrific. There was one that we'll talk about in the spoilers. One scene that I thought was completely unnecessary, and I didn't, I, I really didn't like it. The one scene. Okay. But there was there was definitely something that I should have done, because I went and saw this with Ryan. So Ryan's asking me questions after the movie about the original aliens. And I realized that the week leading up to going to see this, I should have probably went back and watched the old ones. Because I really, to be honest, I don't really remember anything from those movies. When I got home um, after seeing this, there's several websites that have the, the links between Prometheus and the Alien series. Mm-hmm. And I went through and read that, and that was kind of that was kind of interesting to see all the different nuanced um, connections between them. Yeah, because Ryan's asking me all these questions. I'm like, you know what, Ryan? To be honest, I don't remember the Alien movies at all. Well, the big really. thing to remember is that this movie takes place in 2089, and the Alien movies take place decades later, like a long time later. I think yeah. it, I think it was like twenty one seventy nine or something where the alien movies take place. So there, there's a long span of time that goes yeah. by. Well, I one other thing, another scene that I didn't like in this movie, which I hope they're not correct in, is I hope that in the year twenty ninety three or whatever I think it was twenty ninety three, right? When they actually land on the planet. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. I really hope that that damn song is still not popular. That if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. (laughs) (laughs) I really I I hope that's not a popular song by that time. Oh god. Let's go into spoilers. We'll put the time code on the show notes so if you haven't seen the movie if you don't want anything spoiled please stop listening now just fast forward through and then we'll come back to you okay we are in a spoiler section let's talk about let's talk about the plot first and what you what you took away from it because that i think that's the big thing that people are having issue with is that it doesn't it doesn't answer anything no. as far as where like where the aliens came from where the these um what do they call them engineers where they came from what they are i mean we can assume that these engineers created us supposedly and then they decided yeah. to kill us but i don't well, understand I mean, why you don't we don't even know that and I don't, I don't. It's not. It's not like they ever came out and said, "We're the engineers and we want to kill everyone on Earth." You know what I mean? That's just sort of us. We. That's what we it, thought. 
yeah, our us Earthlings probably being paranoid as fuck and just thinking everyone wants to destroy us. Well, apparently you don't know. Maybe that maybe that stuff was a gift. Well, they they did show like in the scenes where they were having those like hologram things mm-hmm. that were recapping, I guess what happened. Mm-hmm. They said that they were planning on boarding the ships and going to Earth. That was their destination, and the ships yeah. were like uh, had weapons on them, like all those. Well, well, we don't know if they were actually weapons. Well, there's something you know nasty. I mean? Yeah, but to the to the engineers, that they might have thought that that's what needed to be done, because essentially that black goo that they have was like nanotechnology that right, it, essentially it, it morphed your DNA. Yeah, like re reworked it. It like evolved you. Mm-hmm. So who are we to say that the engineers weren't? They were trying to create the perfect specimen, and maybe to them that this new alien creature is the perfect specimen. So they were going to Earth and fix us. Maybe could not be. necessarily destroy us. Maybe they thought that this was a really great idea. Well, by doing that, it probably would destroy us, though. Oh, yeah, it would completely fuck us up. But it might turn us into these cool-ass alien things. (laughs) Um, The the other thing, the opening scene, when he... Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to ask you about that, too, what your thoughts were. Because I loved that opening scene. I loved the opening scene, but I didn't get it. I I thought the engineers were really cool-looking. Yeah, they were. We can we can assume that he was on Earth. That's the thing. Like, so he was the the guy was on Earth when he took the the stuff. Okay, that, like killed him. I think. I thought he was on the planet that they visited. No, maybe he was. I thought it was. Well, they had the giant flying saucer leave, and I thought it was sort of. At first, I thought it was everyone was leaving the planet, and he just sort of got left behind. But I also didn't know. You know, he opens up the little container and takes a drink of the thing. And I was wondering if, did he know that that was going to completely destroy him? Yeah, I don't know. Or was it, did this, or was it essentially a weapon that sort of got loose and destroyed everything? So he was just like, oh, I'm going to take a stroll to the waterfall and have some tea. And then, oh shit, what happens? And he dies. That I couldn't. I, I can't. I can't. I couldn't figure it out. Well, what I took away from that was that he knew that that was going to happen, and he was kind of just ending his own life. But I don't understand why. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get the. I don't get the significance of that. And maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe that's just a piece of the puzzle that yeah. is going to be filled in later. Uh, the the scene that I mentioned before that I thought was awesome and hopefully it's not the scene that you thought was unnecessary was the was when she did the c-section on herself oh no i thought that 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 whole scene like from her trying to escape from david and you know finding the the surgery machine and trying to perform it and get the thing out of her and the just that whole scene i thought was awesome yeah, yeah, I I did enjoy that scene, and I have to, because I you know I was telling you before we started recording that Ryan wanted so badly to have an alien rip out of somebody, <laughs> and I and I know that that whole time that that scene was happening, like you could you could feel it sitting beside him that he was getting so excited because he wanted that alien to just burst out, and then when it, it gets cut out. 
and you know he doesn't essentially get the only thing he wanted to see from the entire movie <laughs> you could just see the disappointment on his face <laughs> oh poor ryan <laughs> poor ryan yeah he was not happy what did you think well, okay what was the scene that you thought was unnecessary um Fifield coming back as like the werewolf type thing that was creepy i thought i didn't i didn't get it i didn't understand well, because it, it did the same thing with him that it did with the engineer at the end, where it impregnates the person or whatever. But he didn't, I don't know, it just seemed a little odd to me that he didn't, it's not like he turned into an alien or had anything. Not yet. But he just essentially turned into like a big, he almost looked like a werewolf to me, like the wolf man. I think he was like but he was i think he was just kind of a vessel i think that it infected him in order to transport the you know the infection onto yeah. that ship and tr- to try to spread it could have been i think that I don't that's know. for some reason i just i didn't like that scene now i also thought that that scene when him and the other guy were dispatched was pretty intense especially how the like the plastic on the the dome yeah. like melted on yeah. his fi- like that that looked yeah. crazy <laughs> i do have to say that let's be honest the team of doctors and scientists that they got for this mission are fucking stupid and completely unprofessional well they were dealing like with the worst the worst team ever they were dealing with something completely new that they've never dealt with before but here's here's my question but you would think that you would get like the best of the best for this type of mission not essentially immature children like what it just blew my mind on some of the things but that's just me being too and well that's how all the alien movies are if you see alien one alien two game over man they're just that's that's how they always act in those movies like as soon as they see something that they can't explain, they're done. I mean, it, it just completely <laughs> well, <laughs> fries well, their brain. I, I, that's what I thought was funny about Fivefield. He goes on this huge rant about how he's into rocks and stuff. I'm like, there's fucking rocks everywhere, and you haven't even looked at them. Like, they didn't catch your attention at all. You're on a foreign planet. Are you kidding me? If you're that much into rocks... Like, how are you not checking out the soil? Anything. Well, he's just like walking around, like, yeah. It's like if they were at a mall or something. Well, I guess he didn't feel like <laughs> he needed to. That wasn't part of the mission. I mean, his, but, I, but I mean, you know, he's going on and on about how he's really into rocks. Well, they and did. Stuff. They did. Met, they did uh, have him do some like surveying and stuff. Like he was the one that was putting up those uh, floating ball things that surveyed the. That like mapped the cave yeah. system, and he was the one that was he did like an analysis as they were driving to the caves. Yeah, but but also like, how do you get lost? You have all that technology, and you couldn't remember that you only took two right turns to get where you were. Well, <laughs> that's nit- and you know what I mean. And you picking, can just, but you, well, yeah, but you can call back to Idris Elba too and be like, he has a whole three D map. No, of the no, place. remember the their communications went down because of the storm. No, no, no. Well, they got lost before the storm came. 
that's why they never made it outside. Oh yeah. Well, I guess he didn't. I guess they didn't want um, them to think that they were like an idiot or something. But <laughs> here's here's my question. Okay. Now this is this is a something that was like sticking with me the whole time. All right. They go to the caves. All right. And it's it's um, Numi Rapace and her partner and David and then the the girl scientist and then the two guys that get lost right so there's seven people that go into the caves initially and they take two two dune buggy things and then this truck all right and then once they're like okay the storm's coming up we got to leave they the two the two guys that got lost they stay there so mm-hmm. why when the other people when they get to the, the the vehicles, why were they not like, oh, wait a minute. Those guys mustn't have left yet because all the vehicles are still here. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> like, why, why did, were they just like, oh, screw it. <laughs> well, they died. Yeah, and I just, I didn't <clears throat> quite get that. But again, <laughs> that's, that's nitpicking, I guess. Well. But also, I mean, would you? There's the little snake thing. Number one. Oh, that well, guy they was left. an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, they left that place because they were so freaked out about it. So when you decide that you're going to have to spend a night in the dome, why do you go back to that room that you were so freaked out to begin with, which is now worse than it was before because there's black goo everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why are you like, this is a perfect place to set up shop? This was the room that scared the shit out of us and made us leave in the first place, but we we should spend the night here. Well, plus, the idiot guy, when he when they do see the creature, he gets he in just his walks face. Up. Yeah, he just walks up to it. He's like, hi, how you doing? He tries to hey. touch it. He gets in its face. Like, well, I'm sorry, but if I saw that thing, I'd be running, running yeah. away from it. N- number one, it's a planet that you've never been on before in your entire life. You know nothing about it. It looked creepy as fuck. There's black goo shit everywhere. What what makes you think like, yeah, I'm gonna try and become friends with this thing? <laughs> and even when it like opened up its face or whatever the hell it was, like that's when I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm done. Yep. Cause cause it got a lot worse. Uh yeah. He <laughs> I'm sure he was regretting it as soon as it decided to uh wrap around his arm and kill him. And yes. the, the arm breaking scene was pretty. That was awesome. One other thing I wanted to mention or ask you about was the the hologram things where they show what happened there. Mm-hmm. What do you think they were running from? It's, it's a good question. I don't know. That's that's what I'm wondering. Like, what killed Cause, them? Because at first I thought it was the their you know their weaponized chemicals or you know whatever it was the the black goo right that's what i nanotechnology. thought but, but it doesn't make sense that they would be running into those rooms yeah you know what i mean because like almost all of them were dead outside of those rooms unless they were trying to go destroy it i don't know but it doesn't look like it can be destroyed yeah that that was one thing i didn't i had a question and um only to assume that this is all going to be lead up to, and it is worth mentioning that the writer Prometheus is 
one of the guys that, that wrote Lost. Yeah. And that has a very similar... Never, I was never a big fan of Lost. I never really watched Lost, but... <laughs> I was just going to say, that means that he's going to build this up for a couple of years and then just completely disappoint the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of everyone. Because uh, he's going he's he's, he's to get to the point where he's like, ah, shit, I don't know how to end this. His name's With Damon, Damon Lindelof is his name, so... Yeah, a lot of, lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, because when they show... You know, when they figure out that it's... When David finds out that it's a ship and figures it out and they go through all that animation, the recording of that, they don't show what happened there, like how they died. Yeah. Like, why didn't they get... Why did one person get into one of the sleep chambers but no one else and there was no dead bodies around? Were they in the sleep chambers, just dead? Or were they were the sleep chambers empty? I, I don't know. Hmm. It's a mind-bending movie to think about because I think it's one of those movies where we're just struggling to find answers that just aren't there. Yeah. But overall, I will say that I, I did enjoy the movie a lot. Uh, did you want to add... Oh, um, before we leave the spoiler section, what did you think about the alien at the end? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I liked I'd it, s- but it felt tacked on. Yes. That's exactly what I thought. It was just added there like, shit, we got to give them something. Yeah, that was nothing but fan service as far as I'm concerned. And it sort of messed with me a little bit because unlike you guys, I wasn't really into the Alien movies that much. Like, I liked them, but I wasn't, I'm not like a huge fanboy or anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're amazing or anything. So it it sort of messed with me because I sort of forgot that this was an alien movie <laughs> until the end. And they did the alien. I was like, Oh fuck, that's right. This is an alien movie. I was, uh, because I am such a huge alien fan. I was looking for every little Easter egg, everything, you know, I, like <laughs> I said, I liked it, but I, I thought the alien thing was a little bit tacked on, but, uh, that definitely leaves it open for the next movie to have, aliens oh, yeah. in it i would assume well yeah well it, it, it i would imagine that it has to since they like you said the alien movies actually take place what like a decade after this movie um, is that what you said in the beginning the alien movies take place longer than that like a long time okay. like maybe okay. even 50 years 100 years later i think yeah might have to fact check that fact check it well there's one one more thing which, which is, I just realized now that it, it really sounds like I didn't like this movie at all because I keep <laughs> picking on about things. But one, Idris Elba and the, the other two pilots wreck the Prometheus into the alien ship and it falls back down to the planet. <laughs> Number one, no explosion when it hit. It just dropped like a frisbee and rolled around and fell down. But when Charlie's Theron and Naomi Rapace are running from it, when something's rolling like that, run to the fucking side. Serpentine. <laughs> Why do you just keep running straight ahead? It's rolling. Run off to the side. You would have been fine. Yeah, I thought that too, actually, when it was happening. Like, why are you just running in the path of the giant? And it wasn't like rolling fast. It was no. rolling slow. Yes. Which, 
which that's what me and Ryan were sort of talking about after the movie is like, why did it just sort of fall to the ground like a frisbee and not like break apart or explode or anything? Well, it exploded. There was some explosions in the air, but yeah, I mean, who knows? It's alien technology, dude. It's alien technology. You don't know. True. The 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 atmosphere is different on that planet too. So yeah. Well, which is another thing that so much. There's so much that I could pick about. Well, that was one thing that I was kind of hoping that they would touch on, and they they really didn't. When they got to the planet, and they said that there were, like, there were life-sustaining levels of, you know, um, gases, but they were like, oh, you you can only be outside of your helmet for two minutes. (laughs) And I was thinking, like, oh, man, there's going to be a situation where somebody's helmet breaks or comes off or something, and they're going to have to, like, rush inside. But that didn't really happen. Yeah. Like, her her oxygen was running out at the end there. But, uh, yeah. Another thing, this is another nitpick, but I, I feel like that, I think that this movie didn't have anything as far as the broad strokes that were wrong with it, but it, I did have a lot of nitpicks, and I think that that is what lowered yeah. my scores. Just a lot of small yeah. things. Nothing big. Yeah. No, to me, it just seemed... I almost want to say lazy writing. Well, okay. But they're just sort of like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. We'll just let it go. One thing, when Guy Pierce's character dies, okay, they show him laying there. He dies. David is right beside him laying there. Then, mm-hmm. like five minutes later, when Numi Rapace starts talking to him, Guy Pierce is gone. Oh, maybe that's foreshadowing. I don't think so. I think it's a continuity <laughs> error. <laughs> but I also felt as though David wouldn't, David wouldn't work after that. Well, if um, so, I, I don't, I don't think he really would have worked. In Alien Three, Bishop was in it at the very beginning, and he was just ahead, and he worked. Uh, he was just okay. part. So I think uh, to a certain degree, he'd work a little bit. Then again. We gotta but think I mean, about the fact that deta- this takes you're detaching all that stuff. Well, this takes place so many years before the alien movies. You would think that the tech, the android technology, would be a lot better. So, yeah, yeah probably probably wouldn't work. I th- I don't think they should have ripped his head off. I think they maybe should have like just did something where he'd at least have his torso attached. Because you would think. <laughs> I I do love the fact that he ripped his head off and then hit Guy Pierce in the face with it. Yeah, and killed him. Uh, he hit him so hard that it like destroyed his skull. That was disgusting. I think we can leave spoilers now, don't you? Think that. Yeah. Okay. We are out of the spoiler section. One other thing I want to add, not a spoiler. The movie's rated R. But I didn't feel like I watched an R-rated movie. No, which I was surprised to see that it was rated R. Uh, I think, honestly, it was rated... I think it was a choice. I think that they wanted it to be rated R. Because they knew that if it was PG-13, people wouldn't like that. They'd be upset. Because then they'd know that there's no like violence and stuff. But honestly, there's one F-bomb, which still... I think that they filmed it as a PG-13 rating, because there was art- there were articles that came out that said Ridley Scott wasn't sure if he wanted it to be R or not. So I mm-hmm. think he 
filmed it as a PG-13 movie. And then when he submitted it, he was like, yep, we want the R rating. Yeah. Because they don't, they say fuck once and then they're, they say it again, but they like do a stupid yeah. little edit thing it's, that I hate that when they do that in movies. When the, yeah. Where the, the, it was like static. the signal, yeah. the signal breaks down. Yeah. Like the static and everything. But as far as like blood and gore and stuff, not a lot, not a lot, mm-hmm. not enough to make it R. Not enough for Ryan. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, th- that didn't bother me. It it bothered me a little bit that I feel like they made it an R rating on purpose to fool people into thinking that it was going to be more scary and violent than it actually was. That bothers me, but the movie itself, as far as the violence, I, that was fine. I think later, I think we should do another one with with Ryan in on it. And I think that we should talk more about it might be it might be another spoiler one, but talk more about uh like what our because th- when we got into the spoiler section, we did a lot of just nitpicking. We didn't really actually talk about the plot or any of the symbolism and stuff like that, so maybe we could discuss that with Ryan because i'm very i'm interested in I talked to Ryan a little bit. And he just pretty much flat out said, he's like, I'm not smart enough to think that way. <laughs> just trying to come up with things. Well, it was a very, very deep movie. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, because me and my wife were talking about like the Prometheus myth and how it tied in and this and that. And Ryan's just like, yeah, I can't think like that. And when you, if you go to the one of the sites that has all the the tie-ins, with the alien series and you include all those into this mythology, it, it expands it so much more and makes it so much more complicated. Well, that, that's what really why I wished I would have watched the other ones leading up to this. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm trying to make sense of the movie and I'm going through it and I'm coming up with ideas and stuff. And then, you know, once I verbalize it or anything, I just think to myself, well, I don't remember the other movies, so I have no idea. I could be completely off base. I think the only ones that really pertain are the first two, but there's also some tie-ins with the Alien vs. Predator movie. Um, not, nothing plot-wise or story-wise, but just uh, as far as the Whale Corporation and all that stuff. Yeah. But it, it's interesting you should i'm gonna actually go back and watch the first alien tonight i was gonna watch it last night and then i got sidetracked but i'm gonna watch it tonight just to refresh myself but i think that does it um i recommend it i think you should go see it oh yeah you yeah you have to see it as far as summer movies thus far i would say it's one of my favorites and but I haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom yet, so. Well, you also haven't seen Madagascar three. Yeah, that which is true. Beat it at the box office. That is true. I told you, it, it fucking swept can. Swept can made what fifty fifty five million this weekend, something, something like that. Ridiculous. It beat Prometheus. Killed it. It's the real deal, Madagascar three. Well, speaking of Madagascar three, let's go over our predictions from last week. Oh, that's right. Prometheus, you said 82, I said 83, actual 74. That's mm. one for you. 
Madagascar 3. I said 78. You said 70. Actual 76%. These are Rotten oh. Tomatoes scores. Uh, and then the other, the other one that we did was Safety Not Guaranteed. You said 88. I said 85. Actual 91. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see that movie. So let's go over what's coming out next weekend or this weekend rather we have rock of ages oh my god which i finally saw the trailer for that movie Ugh. fucking christ almighty our uh, our contributor daniel's pretty excited to see that so it's i was more than happy contributor daniel i was more than happy to <laughs> turn that one over to him what are you thinking 20 20 whoa i'm thinking higher than that usually our scores are around the same I, I think it's gonna get a lot higher than that i think it's gonna be like I just 62 don't let me down don't let me down human beings uh then we have that's my boy adam sandler <laughs> uh, i'm thinking that's gonna be sounds like a good weekend 25 let's say 25 mm. I'm gonna say eighteen. And do you, we also have Extraterrestrial, the new film from the director of Time Crimes, coming out? Yeah. And your sister's sister with Mark Duplass. Do you want to? Yeah, let's give it a try for both of them. What do you think, Extraterrestrial? I think seventy-three. Good, good guess. I'm gonna say seventy-five. I'll say. Your sister's sister. Uh, this didn't look. It didn't look that great to me, but it seems like Mark Duplass. Everything he touches seems to turn to gold. So let's say like sixty-five. I'm gonna say seventy. Okay, and I believe that does it for another show. Indeed. For all the latest film news and reviews. Head on over to filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6075. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray releases.